listening to Deliberately Different, the podcast, with me, Simone Isles, your host. We have conversations about business and disability, or chronic illness, or neurodiversity, or talk to carers, people like me. Our conversations are empowering, and we hope you enjoy them. Let's dive in. Hello. Hello. We're on. We're recording. Yay. Yay. Are you on your phone or computer? Uh, I'm on my computer. All right. Cool. Um, I've been making everyone do it on their phone, but you can do it on your computer. So that's awkward. So I'm glad you're on your computer, but I'm doing it on my phone. And if someone rings me or sends me a text, it'll cut us off and I'll send you another link, another link or the same link and we'll keep going. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) Okay, so welcome to the podcast. Now, today is a special day because we've got you, Corinne, um, who is my VA, who is awesome. And um, I fell off the podcast bandwagon and I'm getting back on and you're going to help me. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, I had this brainwave, sent you an Instagram message. We should... Um, do a podcast interview as well. So here we are. So thank you for joining me. Um, I like to kick off by giving people a plug and um, it's really weird. It's not weird. We met through the craziness of Instagram, small world. So someone on the sun, I'm like, I need a VA. And then someone on the Sunshine Coast who was an ex-Cool Wow member I'll put the links for Cool Wow in the show notes because it's awesome. Um, said you, and I'm like, and you're called the Small Town VA, and you live in Marimbula, which is where I live. Now, is that crazy? That's crazy, right? It's so crazy. The way that we connected was, it blew my mind. Because <laughs> I don't say I'm from Marimbula. A lot of people probably know that, but you have it in your like bio, like your location. But like we do live in a teeny tiny small town. And um, yeah, via the internet from the Sunshine Coast. And I think um, I think it was Leanne Weber that said you. And you're like, I'm like, do you even know who Leanne is? And you're like, not. Nah. And it was like, do you know who Leanne is? You probably know her now through socials. But yeah, through- well, I think what happened was I think you had shared you were looking for someone and then I saw it on whoever it was like account and I had only just started my virtual assistant business so I was just following anyone that seemed to have anything to do with business (laughs) and then I saw this ad and I was like yeah that sounds like like I want to do that and I sent you a message and when I originally reached out to you I had no idea you lived five minutes down the road yeah that's so crazy but I love it so it's been um it's been really good. And how long have we been? When did you actually start your business? Uh, so I started in June. Okay. And when did we start working together? July. Oh, no. Yeah, it must have been. I think we connected in June and then probably started in July. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a very um, long, fun story about how we met. And, um, yeah, you've just started and I have – I've kind of been doing – stuff um in the background on this for you know I've been doing the podcast for a year or so but really officially like I finished my job I'm air quoting um in June to go all in here and then um you know I had a business coach and she's like uh you know get some support and I wanted someone that could just deal with my randomness but also just get shit done and you are 
you are the you are like the I'm going to say what's the word that is you you can just do any of my randoms you get it I hope they don't annoy you but you get it <laughs> and you get shit done and um yeah I'm really grateful and it's been it's been such a help um been so much help so yeah so thank you so I've probably covered the first question but I guess I'll ask you um if if we ask your family or friends what you did for work like what would they say what is a VA besides the obvious I think most people would say oh she does something on a computer (laughs) um because most people I talk to haven't really then most people aren't really familiar with being a virtual assistant and what it actually means Uh, So when I try to describe it to people, I basically say, think of an assistant or a secretary, someone working in an office and all of those jobs that they're doing for business owners. And then imagine that you're just doing that all online and digitally for people who are running their businesses online as well. So um, basically I support mostly women I work with, um, women, female business owners, and I support them with whatever they need to help run their business. So it could be social media, uh, admin stuff, website updates, whatever it is that they need, that's what I do for them. And do you have an elevator pitch? I don't. It's something I really need to work on. (laughs) Um, It's something along the lines of like I um, take tasks off women's um, to-do list so that they can focus on things that truly matter, whether that's family or uh, growing their businesses. See, I just sent you the show notes like five seconds ago and you just whipped that up. So that's pretty good. <laughs> it's been in the back of my mind as something that I needed to needed to get down pat. Yeah. Can we just dive a little deeper because I know this about you. So you, like, we're going to, you're an ex-school teacher. Do you call yourself an ex-school teacher? But we'll, we'll go, we'll come back to that. Can we talk about, I... um, we'll come back to the school teaching stuff, but can we just... Yep. Uh, go into um, can you tell us how you sorry what I'm trying to say is I want us I want you to tell us why you became a VA but I'd like you to tell us about the coaching academy you're a part of Um, I think that really kind of makes you stand out amongst anyone else that just thinks oh like I'm going to be a virtual assistant and do some jobs like you've actually done some coaching and training and been in a program to like define what you want to do as a VA and to kind of have a bit of a framework around that. I I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but could you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So when I did um, step away from teaching at the end of last year, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. And I thought I was kind of scouring the internet, looking at possible jobs. And I liked the idea of working from home. And I just kind of stumbled, started stumbling upon virtual assistants. And I was like, oh, I think I could do this. But I just had so many questions about how it actually worked and the logistics of it all. Um, And so then I came across Louise Cornell. And at the time, she was running um, a course called VAM, so the Virtual Assistant Mastermind Method. I think that's the right acronym. (laughs) And um, basically, I jumped into that pretty quickly um, because I had just seen the other women that she was helping and the things that she'd been able to achieve herself. And I thought this is someone who can really help me to understand what does this job involve? What do I need to do to get started? um, And how can I best help the clients that I want to work with? Um, So I jumped into her mastermind, which is a, I can't remember how many months it goes for, because she's just, she's just in the process right now of launching a new program. So the program I did isn't available anymore, but just 
uh, this month she's launched a new one. And basically I joined the group. She had all these lessons on what's involved in being a VA. How do you set yourself up? How do you set up like the business side of doing things? Because that was something I wasn't really sure about. Um, and then she provides weekly calls and one-on-one coaching. Um, and you're in a community with other women who are becoming VAs as well. So you can ask each other questions and support each other, share jobs and things. Um, so that kind of support and community has been absolutely invaluable um, in me being able to get set up. And basically within a month of joining Louise's program, I had launched my business. Um, and then I think it was six weeks before I got my first client. So her support was, it meant the world to me because it just meant that I was able to get things up and running and everything started so smoothly thanks to her guidance. Yeah, amazing. And we'll put the links to that in the show notes as well so people can check it out because I think um, even though you just started it, we both just started and found each other, I really feel that investment you've done in yourself, um, not only in your offering but setting up your business is probably what um, can set you apart from, like I said, anyone thinks, well, not anyone thinks, but there's so many VAs and people get offshore VAs. But um, I think that investment you've done has really helped define your business. And, and yeah, you can do all the things and you're really great. And I think you, when I came across you, you hadn't, I don't know if you had launched, but you had a bit of a wait list. And now, now you're full, you're fully booked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I For all of the hours that I have available, so I also have a part-time job, so I'm not doing it full-time at the moment. Um, but for the hours that I do have available, I am currently fully booked, which is very exciting. Yeah, that's amazing because um, to be, what is it, September, June, July, August, September, like four months, that's, that's incredible. And I think that's really smart because you have your part-time job, which, um, you know, gives you that financial stability and you know, you can kind of ease your way into it without blowing up your business. I think a lot of businesses crash and burn um, at the start because they, um, one, run out of cash or they grow too quickly and they can't sustain it. So um, I think it's really smart that you've kind of set up, you know, a capacity to work as a VA and then to, you know, do your other work. So, yeah, awesome. I've got like a bug. You can't see me, but I've got a bug flying around in front of me so if I swallow it and choke that's what's happening (laughs) hopefully that doesn't happen and then a plane just flew over just to keep us on fire all right so um can you tell us your favorite thing about what you do uh I would say probably the people that I'm getting to work with um it's been really interesting to kind of enter this space where I'm running my own business and I'm working from home and I'm not necessarily going into a workplace or seeing people. And yet I'm having the opportunity to connect with women entrepreneurs all over Australia. Um, And that's just, it's just been really cool. It's really cool to get to chat to women about what they're doing in their businesses and um, see them, you know, putting different things in place and growing and what's happening. And um, it's just amazing what the internet allows us to do and the people it allows us to connect with because, yeah, I managed to find you five minutes down the road, but I've also found women, you know, that live in Perth and Queensland and stuff and yeah. being able to help them and support them and be part of what they're doing is really cool. Yeah, awesome. Okay, let's flip-flop back to the school teacher. So you, your bio, which I was just looking at, um, now you are, your bio says you've got a decade-long background in education 
um, in the classroom and also as an assistant principal. And um, you say this like you love planning and organising and you're very good at that. Um, but why, like, can you, can you tell us why you, you left teaching? Like what was, what happened there? Um, honestly, I think, I think I probably got a bit burnt out. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I could identify that at the time. Like we're coming up to nearly a year now out of the classroom and I think I'm finally able to look back on it and go I was probably doing a bit too much and kind of saying yes to everything and just you know like burning the candles at both ends and that was I think that was probably the biggest thing um but then I just I just think there's so many there's so many issues in the education system um I think so many of us get into teaching because we like teaching the education side, being in the classroom, working with the kids. And then there's just so much more involved. And even over just my 10 years of teaching, the face of education was really changing. Um, it was just becoming so much about administration and like so many things outside of actually the classroom and actually getting to do the teaching. So I think it was, yeah, probably a culmination of things, but I never wanted to be the person that stays in a job just because it's the easy thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And I never wanted to be the teacher, you know, 20, 30 years down the track that's completely disillusioned by the job and doesn't really want to be there, but it's what you've always done. Yeah. Um, if I wasn't 100% passionate and into it and loving it, I just felt like it was a bit of a disservice to the kids to not have a teacher that, is excited to be there every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's why I think I needed a break because like, yeah, when I'm in the classroom, I am like, I'm on, like, it's, it's, it's like being an entertainer. It's like being a performer. Like, it's, <laughs> and if I couldn't bring that energy every day, then I thought it was time to just step away. Now, can we quickly talk about your mum, who is also a teacher? Yes. She's a um, learning support officer. Yes. yes. Learning LSO, that's what that acronym stands for. So, um, and I say that because your mum was Josh's teacher. This is just more small town stuff. Um, yeah, so she wasn't in, um, she wasn't his teacher, but he was in um, the support group. So you did primary school. So when he was in primary school, she was in the support group next door. Um, so you've had that, you know, um, back to the teaching. Did you aspire to be a teacher because of your mum? I think it definitely played yeah. part in it. I, I honestly, I said I was going to be a teacher since I was about five years old, wow. um, which was a bit before mum got into education. But, and I think that was one of the things that kind of was interesting when I stepped away was that it, teaching is what I had said I was going to do my whole life. <laughs> so the thought of like not being defined as a teacher anymore was interesting. But mum started working in the support unit. I think I was in... I might have just started high school. So she's been there for quite a while now. And I used to go in, um, back then it wasn't run by the Department of Education. It was actually Autism Australia. And when I had like that final week of, for some reason, the high school always had more time off at the end of the year around Christmas. And so I would come in every year when the autism unit were doing their, um, their like Christmas party and I'd come in and I'd help out. And so I was always kind of involved 
since mum's been in the school and going in and like I guess volunteering or doing things like that and then when I became a teacher a couple of my first days of casual work were actually up and by then it was the support unit with the department and I did a couple of casual teaching days up there so yeah it definitely influenced the direction that I took. And I guess going back to what you were saying before about like not recognizing that burnout but um, you know I don't want to speak for your mum for Sue but um, you know she's been um, a part of that support well, if you're in high school like, like that's you know however long that's been but that you know um, those teachers in those support units they're just like magic you know they've just got like that kind of x factor and I think um, you know I hope your mum um, doesn't and isn't get burnt out but I guess like you were saying you know it takes a lot of energy um, to, to show up every day and to serve um, those kids so it's really um, interesting to see that, you know, to sustain that some teachers have been teachers forever to sustain that, but also you can, you know, um, could be fair to say there's a lot, there's a few teachers that don't have that, but still turn up every day and they're not like, you know, um, not that they need to perform, but you can see that you've taken, you've recognised that step and, and you're so young and you've got so many other things to do. So you can always go back to it, I guess, but I think, um, I just thought it was really interesting because, yeah, when we met, kind of clicked about your mum and, um, yeah, this small town we live in. But I can also see, you know, when you kind of say um, on your website how there's a lot of things that you have done and can do in organising and prepping that you can bring across into your business as well, which I, I believe you have done already. So, yeah, I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, some rapid fires and I'll let you go. Okay. <laughs> All right, so tell us something you're into now um, to give you work-life balance, something you like, um, something you enjoy doing. Um, so I've recently found the library um, and I have no idea what I've been doing for my life. I, like, I used to go to the library when I was a kid, but I don't know what happened. I think the library moved and then I never went back and I was spending so much money on books and then when I quit being a teacher and like I was in between jobs, I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't spend all my money on books. Anyway, I found the library and I am now flying through books. I am reserving them from the library quicker than I can read them. (laughs) But it's been great because I've gotten such back into a habit of like instead of scrolling my mind, scrolling my phone mindlessly, I'm reading books and and I'm really enjoying it. And every time you post about a book, you do a cool review. So we'll link to that in the show notes as well. And then every time you post, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need that book. And you're like, go to the library, go to the library. I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to go to the library because I'm the same. <laughs> I, like, have a book buying addiction that um, in this uh, cost of living crisis I think need to put on hold. And, yeah, the library has all of that awesome yeah. stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. It's an amazing resource. I don't know what I was doing not being there <laughs> earlier. <laughs> Do you have any um, current work challenges at the moment? Um, I think the biggest thing is like learning how to work for myself. Yeah, how to be your own boss. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a different, especially compared to teaching because obviously teaching is so like this is the morning and now we've got recess and now you've got lunch and it's very defined. And so now having that control over my own schedule and when things get done and what do I prioritise and like, it's that's been really interesting for me. Yeah, that's that's a challenge a lot of um, startups have because 
no one's like you have to do the work but you also have to be your own boss and carve out that time to do the work so you've got to do both things simultaneously and it's a weird it's a weird thing to wrap your head around yeah and it's been so interesting because on like particularly on social media people are always talking about how flexible it is to work for yourself yeah and it is but it also, it takes real like self-management if you want to be flexible, because if you want to like not work the morning and work later, you've actually, you've really got to think it through. Like when is the work actually going to get done? It's not just like this flexible thing where it's like, oh, I don't feel like working this morning. I just won't do anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I think sometimes the way it gets portrayed on social media is, you know, all these entrepreneurs being like, oh, you can do whatever you want. It's great. And I'm like, but the work's still going to get done. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. That's so true, so true, because you can't just fob it off to next week because you might have, you know, you've got paying clients that are like, you know, waiting for stuff. So you can't, yeah, you can't you can't do that. That's the whole part of like managing yourself and doing the work, being the worker. Now, yeah. if you had a podcast, what would it be called and what would it be about? Oh, this is a good question. It would probably, I've thought about this before, so it would probably be about something to do with like productivity and organisation um, and like, yeah, like productivity hacks, that kind of stuff, but I have no idea what I would call it. <laughs> you do some pretty um, cool uh like reels and I think you have you been doing some little YouTubes like you did the like starting your day in bed and that was that YouTube or was that just a reel you did yeah no YouTube I've got yeah. a YouTube channel as yeah well. you've yeah. got a YouTube channel we'll put the link to that in the show notes you do do some cool stuff you're a very creative um very creative as well like I don't know if anyone's told you that but I you do some really fun creative stuff it's quite funny but um thank you yeah um yeah the YouTube channel because that's um is that a lot of work to do? Um, it can be. Yeah. I, I just, I'm trying to keep it as something that's just for fun and like yeah. a hobby. I have a habit of like starting a new hobby and somehow turning it into a business or turning it into something that requires a big commitment. And I'm trying <laughs> not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. Not advice, but considering our conversation, if we could ask our listeners to action one thing about what we talked about, what would you want that to be? Uh, I would just say to people that it's never too late to change what you're doing. Like I'm 33 and after 10 years of teaching, I was kind of like, oh, you know, it's too late to retrain or to learn something new. And people, like when I said I was going to leave teaching, I got a bit of that kind of feedback from people. Um, I think Thing. A lot of people, particularly if you've got like a career um, that's quite stable, to step away from that, people are a little bit shocked. And I just think a life's too short to just stay in a career or a job if you're not 100% loving it. And there's always other things you can do. There's always other experiences to have. And I would just encourage everyone to just see what's out there and try different things and not feel that they have to stick with something just because they've been doing it for a long time. Wow, that's a wrap. Let's put a little bow on that because I don't want to add anything else. I think that's really like what a great way to finish the podcast interview. Like love it. Perfect. And 
100% agree. Yay, thank you for having me. Um, thanks for being on the pod. Now we'll put all the links to you in the show notes. Even though you are fully booked, you do have a wait list, I believe. You'll have a yes, wait I list do. for people to sign up. Yeah. And um, I'll put all the links into all your, your handles and your YouTube channel. And, um, yeah, thanks for being on the podcast. Um, it's been great working with you. And, um, yeah, like can't wait to see where your business goes to and grows to and, um, yeah. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. You can find us over on Instagram at Deliberately Different. And Deliberately Different is produced by me, Simone, from Disinfluencer, a platform where we connect brands with people with disabilities or we help brands or businesses get digitally inclusive. We are taking disability mainstream. 